This is the Dennis Miller Option. Your source of opinions, stories, and laughs from comedian and inactivist Dennis Miller, his guy Friday Christian Blatt, and superstar producer Lindsay Floyd. And now, it's him, Dennis Miller. Hey, folks. Welcome to the uh, Dennis Miller Option. Just getting an email here from American hero, Gary Sinise, who I'm doing a gig with next week. A little piece of magic for the troops down in San Diego. Gary's like Ernie Powell and Bob Hope mixed together. <laughs> and I am like uh, one of the chicks from Dean Martin's show. I go out with <laughs> Gary in a fringe mini and do the Watusi. Um, wasn't there a dance called Watusi or have I just placed no, myself no. in there, arms there, as far being there racially was, insensitive? There was a dance called the Watusi and I don't, I don't know if the gold diggers were uh, known to do it, but uh, I'm sure they knew how. Oh, man, what did I remember that time where Barry Goldwater married a 39-year-old woman when he was 408? <laughs> and I said, the future Mrs. Goldig- Goldwater on SNL. Oh. <laughs> I'm at a diner on La Brea, and she comes up to me, the daughter. Oh, no. He said, hey, I'm Baba da Baba Gold, or whatever the woman's name was. I, yeah. I, I didn't, the name, her maiden name didn't mean anything. Yeah, sure. She said, my mother just married Barry Goldwater. I said, oh, you're, you're angry about the joke. And uh, she said, yeah, it's a fucking horrible thing to do. And I said, I'm just going to stand here and take it for a while because uh, you, you should do it. You're their daughter, uh, daughter-in-law. Yeah. I'm just a comedian on air who noticed a 39-year-old woman married a very wealthy 85-year-old. His name was Goldwater. She was taking his name it's classically in terms of uh, young women marrying richer older men. They use the phrase gold digger. I did it. I, I, I have no excuse. Uh, nor can I tell you I'm that devastated by it. You can see it's sort of a sitter at the net for a comedian. But I certainly owe you to stand here for a minute and have you say whatever you want about me, and I won't fight back because our exchange is such that you should hate me and I should have the good manners to just take it. She walked away like I was weird. <laughs> and, you know, she walked away. I said, I'm not being, I, I mean this. Yeah. She's, uh, and, uh, you know, she seemed to get a little less angry, but uh, I don't know. It seemed, it shouldn't, it's one of those things where I think is uh, rude if you're that person. But it's not end of the world. You, you know what I mean? It, it gets worse, right? Oh, absolutely. So, but, and all I can do at that point is concede that I did make the joke and uh, it did, was at the expense of her mother. It wasn't the wor- a horrible joke. In some ways, if she could divorce it of all the, uh, you know, the emotional stuff and that, she might say, oh, I see what he's doing. Because, you know, it's just a timing joke. The future Mrs. Gold, uh, Goldwater. Big <laughs> <laughs> But that's not the way the world works. I'm sure she hated me and thought I was what, Hitler, like Trump. And uh, you know what? I th- I think Nancy Pelosi was saying last night that she would, uh, she the option was to wipe her ass with that. Uh, I I think the implication was maybe uh, no, no, but shoving I'm just it up saying his when ass. She was, you know that, oh, that shoving it up his ass. Like, that was the polite thing to do. I was trying to think, well, what, when she said, I tore it up because that was the polite option as opposed to what it could be or or something. Right. And I was thinking, what did she mean by that? And uh, you're saying take the speech and shove it up. I I thought she was saying I could have wiped my ass with it. Uh, I think uh, either, uh, you know, either is probably uh, accurate. I believe asses were involved. Yeah, but jamming it up your, his ass is one thing. Yeah. But I'd be intrigued to say, you know, uh, see, I, I think she was hinting. And I was thinking about that poor boy there uh, who had lost. I hope he did not see that. And I know people are going to say, oh, shut up. Uh, the young boy who had lost his uh, father and the uh, and the young, the parents who had, was that their daughter? I missed that sort of the speech, but they were holding a picture. Was she raped and killed by terrorists? Yeah, uh, a terrorist who no, 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 I did a terrorist who had been killed uh, er, earlier in the week, maybe the day before, and they uh, President Trump told this story about you know how she was 
held captive and you know eventually killed after being tortured for yeah, I think they even tortured. said how many days. Yeah. I hope they didn't see that gesture where she just picked it up and ripped it. And people were gonna say, Oh, you're using it. No, nah, that's bad. Listen, there's many ways that you can fight this, but that was a she's pig, you know, to do that with that young boy there. And even this old guy, I, you know, the I'm watching him now, the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Is it racist what she did? Well, let's use their terms. There seemed to be a lot of this young girl. I'm looking at her now, the black girl who won the award. And I was just thinking, what is she doing when she rips that up in front of them? Because they're still probably glancing down that way. Trump is literally still wrapped the speech. And God, some of them paid for it with the lives of their loved ones. And this Tuskegee Airmen served his country. And when she talks about the the speech, you know, all that stuff was in that speech. When she talks about wiping her ass with it or ripping it up, hinting, maybe Christian's right, I'll, I'll get off mine and say, uh, jamming it up the president's ass, uh, it's, it's pretty hateful. I don't even think they see it anymore. You realize she thinks she's the champion of all those people. He just delineated some very good things. Uh, criminal reform system and uh, uh, helping black colleges, all the things in there she that she called dirt and uh, made some sort of reference to something beyond. She's sick, and guess what? They've gotten sick over there. And what do you do when somebody's sick? You have to, you know, you have to take it away from them. They can't, they can't play anymore. So I'm hoping in November. I think there's an ad to be made, just a 30-second ad with no other... Uh, Trump shouldn't even put his, I'm Donald Trump and I approve this, nothing. Just a 30-second ad sitting out there in the ether where she tears that up and uh, they cut to Don Lemon. So she tears it up and then... <laughs> and then she tears it up. Just run that, those two morons. The way they laugh at us. And the way they uh, just, you know, when arguably they're giving them what they want as far as helping people, the man's reaching across, and they tear it up and hint they wanted to wipe their ass with it. They're fucked up. Can't let them in, folks. I don't know if you've got some liberal friends out there. I know most of you don't want to talk about them. But at least make them sweat it a little and say, what, what did you think about her tearing that speech up in front of that young boy who lost his father and those parents who lost their daughter? What did you think of her referring to that as dirt? Now, they're still going to go. They're zombies from this shit, but they will have a moment of discomfort. And those moments of discomfort eventually add up. And maybe maybe one out of a million liberals start to think, ah, oh, this is getting too much. This, this feels poison to me. And if that's one more than we'd have. But uh, somewhere over there, uh, you're not going to change their mind. But I, I do think they uh, should have somebody... And, and listen, you could get punched by just saying, can you think about that for a second? Can you think about that young boy uh, hearing his father and maybe thinking, Jesus, I'd love to get that speech on her and her tearing it up. And those two parents whose daughter was tortured and killed by these monsters. And, uh, you know, they might see it too. And just think about that. And they should think about it. And they'll probably, you know, like I said, most liberals I know would process that in a second. And move on and say he's Hitler and uh, Jared Kushner is going to declare war on uh, Russia to take back the Alaska. We've I don't know what to tell you. That's fucking crazy over there. I think that the only controversy on that side would be if after she ripped it up, she did not recycle the paper. Yeah, good point, Christian. That would be the thing. It's it's ill. They've gotten ill. He got into their. I would say he's in Pelosi's kitchen, but. Pelosi's never been in Pelosi's kitchen. <laughs> but uh, he, uh, he has wrecked them. They are, they are showing themselves to be, uh, I think, evil. It's pretty evil what she did. Do you think All she right, does we'll that based uh, solely on the fact that he uh, chilled her on the handshake? Or do you feel like she was, uh, she'd probably made up her mind she was going to do that months ago? Um, listen, she hates him, yeah. and she doesn't pray for him, and I wouldn't shake her hand either. Yeah. Her. I was surprised she put it out. Like, why would and, you if you were uh, her? Yeah. 
So um, if, if they say that's the more egregious thing, and I, I guess that'll be what a lot of uh, liberals say. I understand. Now, there's even a flip on that, or she didn't give him his proper introduction. I don't know all this etiquette, but... Uh, she just said the President of the United States, I think you're supposed to say his name, and I, I don't know. It's supposed to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more Vegas, you know, a little bit showier, but, uh, you know, she said she introduced yeah, the President. No, uh, yeah. He shouldn't get whiny about that, and she shouldn't get whiny about the handshake. Yeah. I'm talking about the other people involved up in that row, that old man, that young boy, those two parents... Those three and who else was there? The uh, crying uh, man who lost his brother. All those people to just watch her rip it up. That's where the illness comes in. She hates him. He hates her. They should hate each other. Right? This whole thing, my distinguished colleague, that's all crap, folks. We're at war. It's just civil war. is not. A, is an, it's a non-shooting war. But we certainly the two sides hate each other as much as they did then and maybe more. Seem to be some oddly gen gentlemanly <laughs> thing back then. <laughs> Where you'd still slap each other with a white glove to <laughs> duel. I think I'd say the hatred's at its high point in American history between the two sides. I, I wouldn't shake hands either. I'd just vote. But uh, bringing those strangers into her was, uh, well, like I said, on their side, it'll be a celebration. Uh, you know, it'll be Tommy Smith and John Carlos for them. And uh, on our on our side, just etiquette. I, I just felt squeamish mostly about the young boy because the young boy was, you know, when you tell a young boy like that to take care of your mom, he becomes a brave little man. But somewhere in there, that kid's going back in in his 20s to figure this out, therapy-wise. But you could see his mom was had lost her lover and husband and all that and lost her life. And the boy was uh, doing the you're, you're a brave little soldier thing. Uh, but uh, not so brave that he should watch the Speaker of the House rip up the speech that had the mention of his father and his dead father. All right, uh, that's my piece. I can go on and on about it, but uh, grisly stuff. She's a nightmare. Uh, I think that side of the aisle has to be run to ground in November. I think the House has to go back. I hope they get a... 60 vote thing on the uh, Democratic or the Republican side. They should talk to Freud. He's a Democrat. That's what he really means. He does this for money. Yeah. Did you see Joe Rogan makes $30 million a year? Uh, I heard about that because. Doing I, a podcast. Well, I guess because he doesn't just have Christian, sponsors. What do they, they pay us? In, I, I don't know about you. I get six Neko wafers last year. Six? Uh, Four. Uh, Four. Thank you. Four. <laughs> Make sure you, there's two of no us pinks, over here. All greens and browns. All right. Uh, <laughs> the I, same earth tones that Naomi Wolf laid on Gore. I actually had somebody explain it to me. He doesn't just have sponsors. He gets like a percentage in the companies that uh, that sponsor his show. So they pay oh, well, a different well, way. We must be close to that. Yeah, we're probably uh, pretty close yeah. to that. I, th I think. I know there are taverns now that have put Plexiderm on tap. <laughs> Pabst. Yeah. And uh, what were some of those old beers? Schlitz and uh, Schmitz. Schaefer. Yeah, Schaefer. And uh, something gold. Rhine gold? Uh, no. Cornhole gold. Mm -hmm. gold I yeah. Think it was. Well, that's usually in the back room. <laughs> you pay extra. I see Peloton. We got the stock market channel on in the background here. Peloton shares are down in an otherwise hot market. And I was just trying to think, I guess Peloton has screwed the pooch because the guy gave it to a wife who mm -hmm. wanted to stay fit for the husband so they would continue to fuck. It was the worst atrocity ever, I guess, for the female community. And I was thinking, how does Peloton now get back? And I could only think of one... Uh, what, what do they call it in scripts, Christian? Ex extreme close-up ECU? Yeah, exactly. You want to say Peloton? Rizzo, ECU. Lizzo. Lizzo. <laughs> Lizzo on the bike, ECU. Yeah. That's the only way you can get back now. A body-proud Lizzo on the bike seat. As you can see, that I, I think the uh, J-Lo... Have you seen the footage now? I saw a still photo. I watched the... I said, how did she get to a point where she was exposing her Volvo like that? And she slides up to the camera and brandishes her pubic bone to the extent that you 
you feel like you can see a second gunman behind it in <laughs> Dealey Plaza. That's so, nice, uh, but it's be- beautiful ratings for them. So I yeah. was just thinking, boy, if Peloton's in trouble, get Lizzo and a thong on that bike, and away we go. I see love stories coming out mm-hmm. uh, in the theaters again. What are they calling up Phantom events? Fathom events. Fathom events, correct. Yes, and uh, I always thought love story means never having to see it again. <laughs> cute little joke. Oh, I love that. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on. You love. You love. I love love um, story. I love love. <laughs> love is in the air. Let me see. Uh, AOC didn't show up at the thing. Mm-hmm. And, I saw that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I remember when the Fukushima thing went up in Japan. And it was oddly enough, I don't mean the nuclear reactor. I mean, it was an off mansion, off Broadway show, way, way off, whatever the Japanese equivalent of yeah, Broadway is. Yeah, off I think they call it. Yeah, called uh, Fukushima Love Letters or something. And I believe it was a Ken Watanabe and some salt and pepper makeup talking to, uh, <laughs> talking to the woman who wrote the vagina monologue. Anyway, she didn't show up. And I, I remember, one, uh, you know, the, the, the Japanese, something about, the, uh, something about that starchy, fishy diet makes them all, they queue up for suicide missions. Like, you know, um, you queue up for Bobo Fett or The Mandalorian when they finally decide to do one for theaters. They're, they're right there. Boom. Yeah. In a shot. I'm in line like for it, it right now. It doesn't take much. Huh? It's, like, it's 81 degrees. They want a suicide mission to get it done? No, no, no. <laughs> just, it's 81. Take it easy. Um, I was just going to tell you to wear some suntans. Should I wear so much that I'd, I'd kill myself on a suicide? No, no. Come on. Stay around. It's Japan. But they had a group of heroes that went into the Fukushima thing and knew they were going to die. It was akin to Chernobyl where they sure. sent guys up on the roof. The guys on the roof, though, kind of knew, like, fuck, this is a death run. But I think uh, maybe the Japanese did, too. And I think we need a group. Uh, I remember in the old movies like uh, George Cukor's The Women, uh, you would only have to go to Reno for a rudimentary, a perfunctory amount of time to become a resident to get the divorce things that Nevada well, uh, Nevada provided. Maybe it's four weeks or something. I'd like to see what the residency requirements are in AOC's district and then get a f- group of Fukushima warriors to go live there for a month and set up residency, conservatives, and vote her out because I just can't stand her. So w- what I'm doing here today is imploring you, if anybody out there, Wants to be Richard Dreyfus jumping into the oranges, the new black Jay Leno bib overalls workout thing, and get on uh, the spaceship with the lima bean head people. Uh, give me a call because we'll hook up some residency for you back there. I'm sure you can go back and spend four weeks there <laughs> in a hotel, become a resident, and then we all vote her out. Uh, have I made any vague connection between the citizenry that died at Fukushima to save the collective? And people going back and voting against AOC. Uh, I think there's a, a solid connection there. All right. And uh, by the way, Gorgila. Yeah, of course. Imagine this Valentine's Day story is you. You parked outside the restaurant where you're meeting your date in 10 minutes, glancing in the mirror. You notice your wrinkles and large under eye bags. Not good foreplay. You rummage through the bag thinking, where's your secret weapon? There it is. Plexiderm. You apply the clear serum under your eyes. Boom! Two minutes later, you start seeing the under-eye bags and wrinkles disappearing in front of your eyes. You look years younger. Plexiderm is the clinically studied serum. I'm saying serum, don't you? That visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under-eye bags and does it in minutes. It's the Valentine's Day gift you give yourself. Go to triplexiderm.com. And enter Miller for 50% off, plus an extra 10 bucks off. Again, enter Miller at triplexiderm.com to get 50% off, plus an extra 10 bucks off. 
This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mention code MILLER and step right up with it. Don't throw it away as an aside. Say, MILLER! Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee, so get my special discount by entering MILLER at triplexiderm.com. And I thank you. Uh, I wanted to let you know that uh, we're about to be joined by our guest, David Drucker, who is the senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. Wait a second. There's a guest? Yeah. It's something happening here. Well, you tell me when you've got yeah, the... Yeah, I will, I will let uh, Lindsay Sam send Drucker. up a single fl- signal flare or a single flare, you know, because they're not married. Send up one signal flare. In other words, a signal. Yeah. And have it set off by somebody who's in a uh, J-date situation. So we have a single, set up a signal flare. Uh, have a young single yeah. send up a single signal flare. <laughs> Every time I have lunch with Salmon, it's tales of J-date. And I'm like, I don't know why you're not compiling this and, you know, yeah, but doing so, this on see, stage. You think Sal's in Jewish date. It, it's He's in a thing called Jagoff date. Oh, well, that makes more sense. Because what? Where why else woman, would somebody swipe right on him? No, no. Their their logo is last gas stop before lesbianism. <laughs> That's what Sal serves as now. He's a remember how Billy Mazeroski used to turn to double play. Sure. Well, Sal takes women in their thirties who, uh, quite frankly, have met like eight trips in a row. Yeah. And then they shovel it into his glove, and he does the handoff. <laughs> and the next day, they're on the uh, Isle of Sappho, riding the uh, you know the hump in the seats in Wonder Woman's <laughs> invisible plane. <laughs> On that note, I do believe Mr. Drucker is with us. <laughs> I think he's there. Drax! Hey, guys. What's up? What's happening? Young kid with a dream. How are you, brother? I'm all right. How are you? I did watch it from home. The, the chamber was super crowded. And then, honestly, you get a better view of the ants if you uh, lean on all the camera work. You know, it sounds great to be inside, but it makes it much harder. Yeah, I went once years ago, and I agree with you. You couldn't you couldn't see the instant replays if they got their feet done. We're talking to David Drucker. You can follow him on Twitter, at David M. Drucker. When you say the chamber was full, indeed, they usually have five bullets in it. Even in the deer hunter, they had six on the Democratic side because... I think Pelosi's insane doing that, giving that optic. When you've got that young boy whose father died, the married couple whose kids died, uh, or daughter died, the Tuskegee Airmen, to just take that and rip it up like it stunk. And then hint later that the reason she ripped it up was, I don't even know what she means by that. I think she means uh, the option was either her wiping her ass. I mean, it was it, they've given him his entire ad campaign there from here to the election, right? Well, they've given him something, but, you know, in our news cycle, these things tend to happen and disappear so quickly. I don't know that any of it's going to matter. I find a characteristic of politics these days is a bunch of people screaming how outrageous it is that my political opposition has deigned to to stoop to my level. And so you see this going back and forth with people acting very aggressively and unconventionally, and then they can't believe it when their opposition does it, too. Any queasiness about the kid, like the people I just delineated? Because that, that demarcated it for me. They hate each other. I was what, glad they didn't shake right. hands. Well, what I, what uh, but I just, think... just uh, that, that, that every so many parts of that speech were about the black community, in a way. And just to tear it up, I think they've got some problems, according to some of these polls in the black community. I don't think it's going to be 34%, like they say, but I think he's going to jack it up from eight. I just don't know that it serves so well to tear that up in front of that Tuskegee Airman guy. Well, look, I think Democrats have to make a decision about how they want to approach Trump. If they want to approach Trump as somebody who acts unreasonably, whose conduct is unbecoming... They cannot prosecute that message effectively if they act the same. And so strategically, I just think they have to make a decision. But they are also under the same pressure that uh, often Republicans are under. They have a, a Repub- they have a Democratic base that is out for blood. They don't like Trump and they want evidence that you are with them. And so I'm not disputing um, your theory here. And it could turn out to be true. 
I'm just saying for them, there's a larger decision they have to make. Either Trump and his behavior are the problem and we're going to be different or we're all going to swim in the mud and they can just have a, you know, a contest over, you know, policy or who swims in the mud more effectively. Hmm. You know, I, I have such a different relation and we're talking to a senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner. David Drucker. You can follow him on Twitter at David M. Drucker. I can honestly say this at age 66. I've had a completely different relationship with the American presidency that I can see most people have. I, I, I don't give a shit about any of it except competency. Um, you know, and uh, these people who are now on their 1,100th day of saying, I wish you wouldn't tweet, I go, I, I can't tell you how little that matters to me. I I. I, I I just don't when when I hear mud, I think, geez, you can say we're in the mud, but I, I'm telling you, at some point when the unemployment rates are so far down and it's now starting to spill over into a little minimal wage growth. I, granted, it's not a fuselage yet, but it's little signs. And uh, there there was a way for them to map out last night. Listen, we give him nothing on this, but people think we're nuts now. We should be all in on these things and they're not doing that and i you know i i do find their hatred of him nothing like i felt for barack obama who i thought was a great guy who seemed like a horrible president to me i i didn't like the fact that he was auditing people who were applying for you know tax-free status and with the word patriot you know that all seems grim but i thought he was a pretty good guy and a good father a good husband i never hated them they they're they've displayed some cards that are unsettling the hatred yeah look i mean there, there's no doubt the democrats um do not like the president i think i think the, the feelings run both ways and and, and i think look that they could handle their relationship with him in a more effective manner if you want to look at it from the standpoint of trying to win back the white house i also think the president uh, has a habit of, of stoking this kind of reaction from his political opponents in ways that he does not have to, that in some ways has made him less effective than he could have been in Washington. Um, I would say that there is a significant portion of the electorate that is very concerned about behavior and conduct and just wants to feel like the guy they're voting for or the lady they're voting for is a good person. So it's not everything. And if the country's a dumpster fire, people are going people are going to you know want somebody who can fix things, and they may uh, look at how you behave yourself as a less of a priority. But one of the reasons the president's party had such problems in the midterm elections was not a policy issue; it was a conduct issue. And there are still a lot of disaffected Republicans, uh, suburban swing voters, who can't wrap their arms around somebody who, when he's on. TV, at least with a campaign rally, they will, you know, put it on mute or change the channel if their kids are in the room. So that's that's not an insignificant political aspect to all of this, but it doesn't also at the same time mean that that people who are queasy about Trump will simply vote for any alternative. And I, that's where I think Democrats may not quite understand the political dynamic of Trump. Well, listen, I, I know that the uh, his ill-mannered ways, his Neanderthal ways don't certainly aren't up there with uh, Barack Obama's Henry Higgins sense of manners. But I also will say the midterm election uh, in his first term, Barack Obama did lose 65 seats in the House of Representatives. And uh, the boorish Donald Trump, I believe, lost 43. So I, I know that everybody's going to point at that election and go, this is because Trump's rude. But I always look at it and think, wow, is, is anybody just want to, or I guess, uh, it's the subjectification of the empirical. I don't even think math matters anymore. Is anybody going to sit down and say, all that being said, he did 21, per, 21 seats better than Obama did? That, that matters, I kinda, right? I, I know yeah, we're in touchy-feely land, but that matters. Necessarily the, yes, but I don't think that's necessarily the way to look at it. I, I covered both campaigns. Barack Obama's problem, especially in 2010, was that people liked him and they thought his policies were rotten. And the Obamacare legislation helped drive – um, a really unsettled electorate to send him a big message. And, and the economy at the time, if you remember, was still in the very early stages of recovering from the Great Recession. And people were still doing extremely poorly, and they were angry at him for focusing on health care reform rather than the economy. And, and, and all I'm saying is that what you saw in 2018 
were districts and voters that like voting for Republicans, that historically have voted for Republicans, that were leaving the party and abandoning him as the leader of the party, not because they didn't like his tax bill, not because they didn't like his foreign policy necessarily. It's because they didn't like him. And that's just something to consider, because if you can take this booming economy and and a lot of people feeling generally pretty good about his economic leadership and some other aspects of his policies and put it together with somebody they can at least feel half good about, he has the potential to be a much in a much better position for reelection than he might be today. Because when you look at the economic indicators, he should be in a much better position for re-election than he is today. Hmm. We're talking to Dave Drucker. What do you think Trump could have done or given in on? Because it seemed to me that they hit the ground running, sort of disliking him. I might be wrong there. Maybe they came in uh, thinking this is the guy and we should get behind him. I didn't sense that. What am I missing as far as what should he have done early on as far as conciliation? Uh, because I, I thought he came in and had the fight from the get-go. Or I, I listen. Well, look, I might not, see that in the same way that I don't yeah, understand yeah. how losing forty-five house seats in the first midterm by the is is worse than the sixty-five. I, I admit I might have a blind spot here. But what what efforts at conciliation did he miss out on? Well, look. I, I look. I'm not discounting the hostility from the other side. I, I just think as president, you have a unique ability to set the terms of the conversation. And the president likes to play to his base, and he likes to jab at Democrats in ways that really um, they find distasteful. And so it's a combination of things. So it's it's not as though he's going to be able to create a scenario, especially in today's politics, where everything is fine. But there's a way that he could reach out that even when it failed, he would do much better with – independents and swing voters and soft Republicans. And that's really what I'm focused on. And my, Dennis, my sort of model for what the president might be able to do. And look, it's notwithstanding the fact that he's the president. So he won. And so he, and he has had some success, no doubt. But my model for what he might've been able to achieve only because you're asking is what Arnold Schwarzenegger did years ago in California, which is leveraging his fame and the fact that he wasn't really defined with a, as a party as being a part of a party, even though he picked one, to generate a much broader base of support while still sticking to his guns on certain issues. But it's really, again, the issue with with Trump, to the the extent that he has issues, it's not about his policies. It's just about how people perceive the way he conducts himself on social media, on television, at his rallies. You know, I live in California, and I remember going I know and inter- introducing Arnold at a few events because I liked Arnold, uh, and I thought, yeah, well, this is the this is a naturalized citizen's perspective of what still to me is the golden city on the hill. And California's turned into a shithole. I can tell you, I live here. The golden city in the hills now, you know, uh, a tent or a fridge box down in the valley below the hill. So when Arnold first got in, but when those first group of referendums came back and he got his head handed to him the next day, quite frankly, he was in the, the hybrid Scooby van with Greta Thunberg, Askus and everybody. So he rolled. Uh, and I am guess people are, are going to look back on Arnold and say, well, well, look, you're a smart man. Good. Pre- I, I, the, the standard I would use for Trump that I would hope he would operate is like Arnold. Arnold's out now. He's a complete ass kisser. And uh, he didn't get much done at all. The state continues to roll on. It's turned into a cesspool, and it's orchestrated completely by the liberals in this country. Now, I don't think Trump, in any vague way, wants to aspire to have a uh, you know Schwarzeneggerian uh, legacy. I, I think he wants to win and change things. And so right. maybe, I'm, like I said, he seems a little ruder to me. I'm not saying I'll say this about Trump. I think I, his outer I'm just saying voice is that, that matters. What I'm saying is that that matters to some voters who are influenced by by that as much or more than they are on policy, which people don't tend to have an issue with on the broader right side of the electorate. 
All right. I, I, I have a theory that Trump would have been savvy enough last night if the roles were reversed and he was sitting in that chair behind her somehow in a magical mystery, Joan Didion year of thinking, <laughs> magically world. If he had been sitting back there, he would have been smart enough to know uh, they're sort of digging their own hole here. I shouldn't tear this speech up. I think he's more savvy than them. I, I think she hurt them last night. And uh, with the same people you talk about who are in the middle and saying it is, uh, you know, style over substance. I think he had a long list of achievements. I think he's done really well with a group of people against him. I think he is rough around the edges, but as I often say, I think his outer voice is an entirely accurate depiction of his inner voice, craziness and all. I don't think Pelosi's inner voice and outer voice have ever had a cup of coffee together until last night when she ripped that up with that uh, kid, the surviving kid and the surviving parents. That was a bad form, and I'm not sure... Trump would have been stupid enough or hateful enough to do that. All right, my brother, uh, you enjoying your life down in D.C.? How is it? You have a good gig there? Never a dull moment, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Drux, you seem like a good guy. I'll talk at you. Thanks, Dennis. Take it easy. Bye-bye. <laughs> Don't get that at all. Christian, you mad at me now? No. I, no, I, no, I know no. sometimes hey. I've had guys on from Politico, and Christ, that's Ooh. about all I did with them is bridle a little. And, yeah. and then you afterwards, I fucking work my hands to the bones no. for these bookings. No, no. And uh, I, I, I don't get when he says, uh, I don't want to hold uh, Trump to too high a standard, but I'm looking at the uh, Schwarzenegger template. <laughs> I thought that was, a, yeah, I thought that was coming from somebody that hasn't lived in California. I, I think that, really? uh, you know, that I was just like, well, maybe he just didn't understand, you know, what that, what that actually was. And yeah, Arnold was, folded I'm, like a uh, Japanese, Chinese nationalist, 13-year-old girl <laughs> acrobat at halftime of a Globy game the first time, you know, he got a, uh, a referendum thrown back on him. Yeah. I don't get that reference at all. That's crazy. Well, I mean, and remember, he had he spent all this money on all these, uh, you know, we have these uh, state initiatives, these ballot measures that we have in California. Yeah, that's what and, I mean. And, and zero of them passed. I was just sort of explaining yeah. for our, our non-Californians. Yeah, not, some of them were like uh, kids, uh, if kids wanted to, get, you know, it's the old thing about either the grade school or high school can't give your kid an aspirin, but they also can't tell you if they're getting an abortion. That was one of the ones that didn't pass. Something about alerting parents. When kids in high school were getting abortions, you know, he just rolled. Look at him now. Look how sad it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's sad him flying over. On a, to, to, uh, you know who introduced gas guzzlers to the world or made them vote? Arnold. Listen, he's trying to patch up his karma on the back end. I, I get all that. He fucked up, you know, going down the hall and he should never... I, I listen, it seems very sweet what comes of it. I'm often touched by life. I see his young boy. He's uh, handsome and working out. And Arnold seems like a great father. Uh, all that's important, infinitely more than the fact that he was, uh, he rolled easily as governor and uh, wasn't the guy I thought he was as far as fighting in th the uh, trenches and was horrible at it. And Trump is great at it. I, I hope Trump doesn't think that we want him to be like Schwarzenegger. And can Trump be a prick? Sure. Who who have you met in your life? What what do you met? Five to ten people? I think we use the phrase for them, uh, they're a saint, right? Everybody's got a few saints in their life. I, I know, God, that guy's a saint. But most people are, it's the whole melange, man. Sometimes people are noble, they bring tears to your eyes. Sometimes they, you know, they're pricks. Christ, I, I, I think I'm a pretty good uh, cross-section of the human condition and there are times I've shaken my head at myself and said what an asshole you are and then there are other times I think all right good on you I can't go as far in praising myself as I can in deprecating myself that's part of the human condition and I'm, I'm glad I have that part that I can't pound my chest uh, too much if I do something but when I'm full of shit I am all over myself and I can get grim but that's most humans I've met and that's Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's Trump, that's Obama. Listen, you, if you don't think Obama was in a room somewhere when they he, he greenlit some of this um, mean shit, let's say he seemed like a nice guy, glib, amiable, funny sense of humor, think he gets it, probably a good friend, hip friend. Uh, seems like a very nice dad, loyal to his wife, love that. But he he was a prick too. 
uh, you should not at American citizens because they disagree with you. And I know he's going to say, I was never anywhere in there. It was a guy who they told me the fucking universe revolved around and he never knew shit about anything that happened in his White House. I, I just can't buy that. Some people can say everything good emanated from him, everything bad emanated from the people around him. And that turns him into another caricature that I just can't abide by, the world changer who's oblivious. Everybody else can play that. I, I can't. I tell you, I don't have to go far to get to that. I just can't do it. It reeks of bullshit to me. All right. Never book that guy again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's funny. He just I'm texted kidding. that. Dave texted, Drucker. He texted that he had fun. He's always loved you, and he liked that you guys disagreed a little. So he enjoyed himself. Oh, well, listen, then that changes it. He's still God, a fan. Don't That's... book him for two years. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, <laughs> speaking of shows, this is our 100. Drax, if you go back and listen to this. No, no. He had a big enough ego that he no. was bailing out right after he was off. <laughs> but on the off scintilla of a chance that you stay on here, you're never on the show again. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I'm kidding you, Drex. I love you. Now he's saying, what does he mean? Yeah. No, no, come on. One part's being Trumpian and one part's being uh, your ID fix. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> 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 I can't say. Well, I, I just want to say the part of uh, many of us are hoping that Trump will eventually become Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> really? <laughs> Listen, uh, Trump will become... Donald Trump or Trump will become Arnold Schwarzenegger's ideological twin in much the same way that Danny DeVito was his fraternal twin in movie twins. Not going to happen. But no, no, I don't mean you're the best guest we've ever had. I want you to come back because now I can hear Christian steaming over. Christian, no, no, I'm just no, fucking no, around. No, 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 it's just it's it, jokes. It, These are jokes. Yeah. Look. The the radio show he'll never get, stay on after in the moment he goes off. <laughs> the radio show I had to These get fifteen jokes. guests a week. That was uh, that was very stressful for me. I was a young man. I was oh, full of something. You aren't kidding. Yeah. Jesus. Now I, I we, don't give no, a shit. We don't fight about anything mm -hmm. in our lives because we need, it's one of the things we share is a complete indifference to caring. Uh, except about your kids. Yeah, I, I see your kids. Christ, they've got a different costume on every day. I get that. <laughs> Huh? Look, his Mets outfit. Hey, my kid's highly Selassie. Today, you're both going to be Wonder Woman, and you're going to like it. Uh, that's, see, laying in that stuff in the hard drive yeah. where the boy and the girl are both girls. That's a loving parent. I'm getting ready for 2020, you know? Come on, I know what's up. <laughs> I know what's happening. I can see the writing on the wall. Yes, I can too. <laughs> but uh, Drucker, I'm just kidding here at the end. Uh, this is all kidding. I don't know what to do on the podcast except be uh, yeah. in, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, I know you're saying being an asshole. No, no. in, in uh, I, to me, that it's it's a low-impact thing. You know, it's like Nerf life, right? What, what are you supposed to be on a podcast for to be? Uh, I, honest to God, I always reference it back to a therapy session, and sometimes in my therapy sessions I would try different things. Uh, just to break free of some of the usual entrapments you have in your head. And I find the podcast like that. I'm completely uh, non-absorbed in it to the point where that intrigues me. Uh, I, I like the uh, lack of prep and all that. I, I find it very, um, I know John Stewart likes to do his crossword puzzles and that doesn't interest me because I'm so bad at them. I always am shocked to disappointed halfway through. Where this is why I never went on that Jeopardy, Celebrity Jeopardy. I go, Christ, I'd find out what an idiot I was. Because <laughs> I do crossword puzzles. And, you know, people are saying, uh, well, they get harder during the week. But I'm, fu I'm fucked on, stuck on the pad at 12.01 on Mondays, <laughs> which I think is, you know, shit like uh, Fred and Barney used to talk. But uh, so I can't do those. But... Uh, Diving into an hour of talking, I like following the weird threads. Yeah. And that's why I said that about Trucker. I, I, I don't, he was a nice guy. He's welcome on any time, uh, except for the next three years. Yeah. Well, yeah, cool. see, I can't. Uh, I but you and he have bonded. I know yeah. when you go in for, uh, what's that thing called where you fucking drips all get together in the hotel where Reagan got shot and celebrate? See, see, uh, you guys, listen. What about a parody 
uh, of CPAP, <laughs> where everybody's in the thing with us. CPAC, CPAP. I mean, everybody's I, got the the yeah. breathing uh, squids that fall down from the you know that face mask. I'll be Edward Bennis. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll stay low. How many missiles do we still have in the tubes? All right. When we get a hundred miles out, I want you to shoot those as high as you can. Maybe we'll tr- take some of this ground agac away from us. And we save the one missile. If we get through, gentlemen, I'm not going to drop it. I'm going to zero in on the, the Politburo donut room, and I'm taking it out. <laughs> yeah, well, there's nothing to go home to. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a weed. Do you want to tell? Do you have something you want to pitch for a second? Yeah, there's always plenty of stuff to pitch. Or you can take a break, but no, you're welcome no, to use the right. airtime for some of your jokes and. You're a hobbyist. <laughs> yeah, and also I'm I'm canning this season, and uh, you know, Lindsay, that's a reference to the radio show. Something Dennis used to ask me routinely mm-hmm. if I was canning this season, and uh, we got a tweet from Dominicus Saxon who uh, asked me, "Have you ever checked out Mrs. Saxon's big cans? Beats Whoa. anything else out there. She can get you discount canning supplies too. Thank you. Too. Yeah, yeah, as, as well. <laughs> yeah. So thank you." Dominica Saxon, we appreciate that. And if you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can always do that at 866-509-RANT. That's 866-509-7268. I try to get the voicemails in, but uh, we always have so much fun. It gets a little hard to get the voicemails in there. And is the person who, by the way, the person who checks the voicemails is not me, is it, Lindsay? No, that's me. Over yeah. Here, over so, here. But usually people leave a message and they say, hey, Christian. Actually, lately, I did get one that was like, hey, Lindsay, oh, this is what's happening. So and somebody's like, star is rising. Oh, yeah. And that's you. That's me. You're, ready, cricket you're ready for the big time? Duh. Aren't I already the big time? I mean, you're, dun, dun, you're, dun, dun. you're on an amazing podcast for uh, Westwood One. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I almost used the wrong company name wow. for Westwood One. Rude. And that's all right. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I think it's a big time. And, you know, you've also uh, appeared on the black cast in the past. So this is second fiddle. To, that's really to, what made people aware of me. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. I'm back. Hey. You know, we were uh, just noticing that uh, this is our 100th episode for Westwood One. Oh, so uh, I would like a cake, uh, Lindsay, if you could make us one. Um, I'm not that kind of lady. Okay. So buy uh, him one of those uh, <laughs> cock cakes. <laughs> With cream filling. <laughs> I think I'm going to go to HR for that oh, one. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, HR. <laughs> What's wrong with you, little guy? Uh, Timmy from accounting just <laughs> plopped his Johnson on my laptop. Whoa, that's bad. HR puffing stuff. Well, I mean, I, I would like to finish this one with a, a topic we haven't gotten to yet, of which you were enjoying <laughs> on right, Twitter, Dr. which is the Iowa Formatics. caucus. I, I, uh, I feel like people would like to hear your thoughts on the Iowa caucus. So I wanted to make sure oh, we included on. that. They're, they're shitheads. I, the, anything I say, you've heard 10 times. They couldn't get their own vote together. Anytime they've got a thing that's built on charm, and anytime somebody said, comes to you and you say, Hi, hey, how do you want to count uh, how many uh, how many Corona snakes I've ordered here in the market? Do you want to use the abacus? And they say, no, let's get an app. They're fucking you. The entire Iowa caucus is built on the Norman Rockwell part of it. Everybody gathers. They go in the corners of the room. It's It's quaint. It's some sort of throwback to olden days of, uh, you know, citizens getting together and picking their leaders. Um, that doesn't work anymore. And they can't use super delegates again because they fucked Bernie last time. Um, they're afraid of him breaking off into a third party. So they got to come up with something else. And they go, well, the kids won't. If the kids hear super delegates, they've been trained now to be Pavlov's dog on that. That means they're getting screwed. They're old guys getting screwed. And, they, and, they, and then you peel the next layer back and go, do you think they really like the old guy? And then you kind of think, well, he's lucky in that his name's Bernie. That's kind of a fun thing to say. And he just wants them to not pay for college. So they love that. So that's that whole connection. It doesn't run much deeper than that. But if you're a young kid, uh, you know, you like the fact that you, uh, he's a hip old guy, Bernie! 
and uh, he said he looks at you. His half of the exchange is, you know, that forty thousand. You know, I'm going to wipe it out. And then some kids go, Christ, I owe two hundred. He's, I'll wipe that out. And they all come and they, you know, try to get laid uh, with uh, hot young girls, getting their, you know, empowerment boners. The guys watching these young women come into suffragettehood. And the whole exchange is so boring. But the fact is, as soon as they introduce an app into something that's really simple, they're fucking you. And they they couldn't pull it together. They Listen, all that's happened here is they have to find a dignified way to ditch Biden because he knows too much shit. And they worry at this point. They've seen him. He's so fucking crazy that they're afraid he'll spill the whole beans. On his way out the door, he's got a bloody fucking eye. His teeth are popping out. I swear to God, if you peel that back, what do you think the odds are that that fucker isn't in an adult diaper just shitting himself up there <laughs> as, he, as he shakes your hand? So they can't really out him. They, they've got to offload him. It has to be something... Uh, and believe me, they've got, uh, you know... Uh, physics experts working on it in the same way they did disengagement of the fuel module on the shuttle. They've got to figure out a way to ditch it and have it fall into the him fall into the sea. So the uh, Des Moines Register, uh, I'm sure their thing probably showed Biden at fifth maybe, maybe Klobuchar's above him because people left to their own devices are saying, I can't vote for him. No, he's, he's a goofball and I don't like the way he pokes people's chests and I don't like how he's vaguely threatening and he seems stupid, and he seems like a liar, and his kid's a bullshit artist, and I'm out. So whatever the Des Moines Register thing showed, you weren't going to see it. And I'm sure they said, well, Pete wasn't included about in a question about uh, what's your favorite Wedgwood pattern. So f- fine, you don't see that. And then he finishes fourth, I think. So the app is supposedly to get him up to third, and then they find out that they they've built in the they built the app so poorly they can't even cheat the app anymore. <laughs> You've got people who built the app were literally the the people in the room with with Hillary the night she didn't go over to the Jacob Javits Center, and she shit on all the people who were with her the whole time. And, you know, when somebody said, can we do this to Iowa? They pride themselves on this so much. Can we just not release this stuff? She said, oh, of course we can. For Christ's sake, I had kids running through walls for me for two years when I fucked up my entire I had kids in Wisconsin where I didn't even go who were kiting into the Javits Center just to have me come over and win or lose and say something to them. I said, fuck you. I'm not even leaving the hotel and they're still with me. So uh, that, that's all that's happened there is that Biden's out. It'll be sooner than later. The good thing about Biden is this at this point is he can be out and they can tell him he's still in it and he won't know. You know, just <laughs> cart him around. Yeah. He'll just tell him he's president. I have him show up, still give speeches, and he'll still think he's in it. But Joe, you won. It's the yeah. greatest day ever. He's done. So now it uh, they'll, they'll do her after that because she's – She's not a winner. You can tell she's too awkward. She lies too much. You saw the latest thing with the plane today where she, uh, I'll tell you what, an assassin <laughs> would never get at her as president because she knew how to keep the camera, <laughs> i.e. the firearm between, uh, she knew how to keep the Zoftic aid in between. You know what I mean? Oh, was yeah. she beautiful? Did you see her riding her? I, I did actually. I thought Christ, that was great. It was like horning tucking on Fuzzy Thurston's hip. <laughs> before the gaff exploded and just shoot it upfield. So she's good at that part of the presidency, keeping uh, keeping the camera uh, and you with a uh, Zofta gate in between. Beautiful play. But she's going to be gone too. Yeah. So now you're down to uh, Bloomberg should stay out of it. I still think it's going to be Hillary. Bloomberg should stay out of it and let uh, Buttigieg. And you have to wonder, it doesn't bother me, but how much of America... It wants to see, uh, you know, that there's a lot of people out there <laughs> who are still, and, and people always act like the humans just evolve in the space of a second and everybody gets it together. Listen, there's still black people who don't trust white people. There are white people who don't get black people. There and are, I also don't trust white people, by the way. I just wanted to go on the record and say yeah, that. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of people out there who haven't uh, 
tucked uh, their beliefs on homosexual marriage together as much as I think they should. Like I said, it's not, not an issue to me, but I'm not in the the uh, business of going out and grabbing strangers and going, here's what you have to believe. And I'm telling you, there's a part of America that is thinking about him being sworn in and leaning over and kissing the husband. They're freaked out about that. So we'll see if he gets elected. But I'm, uh, I don't know. There's... There's a video from the uh, Iowa caucus, uh, a, a woman who went back to because you turn it in what they call preference card. And she actually wanted to get the card back because she didn't realize that Mayor Pete was homosexual and she had found that out and she wanted to change her vote. But I guess it's it's too late at that point. But uh, somehow this this was a voter who, you know, you speak up and you try and convince other people. Yeah, they'll her. immediately paint her yeah. as Hitler. I don't yeah. do that. I'm not no, saying no. people are different. <laughs> and yeah, it's not exactly. for everybody's. Uh, in an ideal, when was the world ever an ideal world? <laughs> when is it ever going to be an ideal world? Barry Sobel used to do that great bit about cliches being cliches because sometimes they're true. <laughs> and uh, he used to get in trouble for that way back then, before political correctness. But it's just true. Not everybody out there is going to be happy. Maybe it's, maybe it's the old woman now who loved Jackie Kennedy taking everybody on a tour through the White House. She's renovated. And they can't process that there's going to be two guys now. So I think uh, he's going to lose some votes on on uh, that basis. Probably gain some, too. But uh, I just don't know a 37-year-old cat who doesn't have the black community in hand is going to be the next president. So I'm kind of putting it down to Bloomberg and Bernie. And I'm telling you, I think it would be Bernie, but they hate him because they don't think he's going to win. And plus, he's drawn the Clinton's eyes for some reason. They've put the uh, uh, the evil eye and the maloika on him. And so they're probably going to get him again. And it just makes me laugh that in simultaneous breaths, they will tell you that Bernie is their guy because he he understands how wrong it is to be a billionaire until the moment they do him. And then Bloomberg will be the guy, the, the 65 billionaire will be the guy instantaneously. And there won't be anybody who takes a breath to say, does anybody notice the perverse irony of this? <laughs> that we're now in the billionaire business. Uh, we Yesterday, when we, until the internal polling said Bernie can't win, we're in the burn the billionaire at the stake business. <laughs> and today it's everybody pushing in behind the billionaire. It's just funny. I don't think they have a chance right now, except Hillary. That's the only thing. And I think she understands this. And, you know, she was yakking there for a while. And I think they've told her now, just shut up. This is this is happening the way it should. And uh, you stay out of the way. And, and she's a good. I don't want to, Christ, do you think I want to get out there? Uh, I got my Kim Crawford. I'm, uh, I'm at home watching, you know, binge watching uh, the morning show and I don't want to go back on the road. It's a drag. <laughs> so they're saying, well, I don't even think you have to get in. Uh, let us take care of this at the, uh, the democratic convention. So she's a great, great. I'll stay out of it till the convention. I think they're going to get at the convention. They're going to look around. They're going to, none of these people can do it. We hate Trump and uh, they'll welcome her in because all she has to say is I get 66 million votes. Uh, how many of these people do you think are going to get 66 million votes? So I think that's uh, what's going to happen. It'll be Hillary. And uh, that I think they're in a weird place now, man. I think they expect the black vote to be 97%. And it, I think Trump will have it as we stand right now at around 92%. But I think there's going to be some late turn there because you can see it in Van Jones, people like that who are starting to feel a little taken advantage of. I saw Juan Williams last night, who's usually the stupidest, most reactive guy, and I always think, well, he understands he's got a gig at Fox, and he's got to play the, uh, you know, it's all it's almost like some scripted play or something. Uh, it's like pro wrestling, you know, politics now, and he's got to be, what do they call it, Christian, a, a, a bad guy in wrestling? There's got to be some of it. The oh, heel. the heel, yeah. Yeah, he's the ideological heel over there. And but even last night, I could see him when he said, uh, you know, he, they honored a Tuskegee Airman and that young girl who won. And he talked about uh, reform, criminal justice reform and he talked about black colleges, which had been underwater for a while. 
And uh, she, he said, and she ripped up the speech. Now he got off it really and went back to the, uh, you, know, you know, the pandering soul look pretty quickly. But just for a moment, something wafted through his head where he thought, hey, well, these are the guys I'm championing. And Van Jones, same thing. I saw him on a clip today saying he's uh, in their real life, you know, not in their imagined life, in, in black people's real lives, he's helping. So if Trump just gets that to 85 it's it's a it's a it's a throttling because you go to some of those rust belt places detroit come on uh some of those black communities decide okay we'll only vote 85 out of 100 for us for the people who have had us in this cluster fuck for the last 60 or 55 years uh that's all it takes and he's going to win 46 out of 50 states at that point so that's what I think of uh, Iowa. Final thought on uh, Juan Williams. Does it change your opinion to know that he loves you, always found you very funny, and was always happy to come on the radio show back in the day? No. Okay. That means nothing to me. <laughs> I think Juan Williams does uh, harm to this country. And uh, in, in, in an insipid way, it's not even clever enough for me to go, wow, I wouldn't take a run in at that because he seems unassailable. Uh, there are days I watch him and he, you can literally see him looking at his talking point decoder ring. And I've met Juan a couple times backstage. I try to keep it, hello. But uh, n n him uh, liking me uh, makes me question what efforts I'm making. I've got to go back and reevaluate my path. <laughs> All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Dennis Miller Option, exclusively on Westwood One. Tune in to new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on the Westwood One app, westwoodone.com, and on Apple Podcasts. And remember to rate, review, and share. Until next time, that's the show, and we are out of here. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>